You're listening to the HR Happy Hour Show with hosts Steve Bowes and Trish McFarland. Since 2009, the HR Happy Hour Show has been bringing you thought leaders, workplace and technology experts, academics, and more to take on the most important and interesting topics impacting work, human resources, technology, and the workplace. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net. Welcome to the HR Happy Hour. It's Trish McFarland back again for another exciting episode. This particular episode, you have just me. Steve Bowes is off on assignment and hopefully will be coming back with us very soon on some some episodes we're going to do together. But today, I am actually really super passionate about this particular topic because as someone who has purchased vendor uh, solutions in the past, this topic is around training and whether or not you need training, what some of the real benefits of training are when you have a new system. And really, if you're in that position of thinking about either upgrading or getting a new system of some sort, what are some of the things that you should be thinking about as it relates to training? So before we jump into that with my two great guests who I have waiting in the wings, just a few show updates. So please keep it locked on the network because we have some really good shows recently in the archives from Steve Bowes, from Ben Eubanks, and from George Larac, and we have a couple new ones coming too. Also, don't forget that we are also available on Alexa. And to add that show on your Echo device flash briefing, you just search for the HR happy hour skill on your Alexa app. And finally, the HR tech conference is coming up this fall. So if you haven't purchased your ticket yet, you can go to hrtechconference.com and use Steve 300 to save $300 off your registration. So with that, I won't keep you waiting any longer. Um, I'd like to welcome my two great guests to the show. We have uh, Tracy Zablocki, who is a professional services consultant, and Eileen Iki, a senior HCM consultant in professional services, both from ADP. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thanks, Trish. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Great. Well, Tracy, why don't we start off with you? Um, I know that you know you're um, you're going to be sharing a lot of great information with us today. But before we dive in, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do at ADP and and what you love about working there? Oh, absolutely, many great things. Well, thank you again. Um, again, my name is Tracy Zablocki. I am actually located and live in Cleveland, Ohio. And I am happily uh, happy to announce that I've been with ADP almost 13 years, um, and I've had several roles with the company and continue to develop and grow. Uh, but my current role as a professional services consultant, um, I um, I think I'm the lucky one. I get to work with our clients to deliver some of that in-person training for HR professionals, as well as delivering some of the employee and manager training, and really understanding our clients' current processes to really align our ADP solution that really best fits their needs. So, um, you know, I definitely am excited to be a part of the call today and share some of the insight with you. Great. Now, you know what? I It's funny. I love Cleveland. Have you been to St. Louis before at all? I have. Because I don't, know, I don't know about you, but I 
in the times I've been to Cleveland, first of all, everyone is so friendly and so nice. Like everyone I've met there literally wants to show you everything about your city, which is super cool. So for people that have not been to Cleveland, like your downtown area is amazing. Um, and yeah, the restaurants, the bars, the theater, you have so many theaters. We could do a whole show about the theaters in Cleveland, honestly. Book Um, me for the next call. No, we're very proud in Cleveland and I'm happy to hear your experience or at least what you're hearing. So definitely appreciate that. Love. Yes. Yes. But I feel like it's, it's very much like St. Louis, right? Similar size kind of, but the vibe honestly is way cooler, quite frankly. So um, yeah, we'll have to do a whole show. Maybe we could do it at the rock and roll hall of fame, right? I was just there a couple of weeks ago. I had family and friends come up to visit. So we took a tour of the rock and roll hall of fame and yes, I would be happy to go again. See, okay. All right. That's a future show. We're going to have to do one. I'll come to Cleveland. I love Cleveland. Cleveland does rock, in fact, right? Oh, perfect. <laughs> I love it. Cleveland rocks. You know, okay. And last story before we get too off topic, um, even uh, I went to a Cleveland Indians game. And did you know they have a social suite? So I got to go into the suite because of social media, because of my Twitter account, and like had a whole awesome experience at an Indians game because of social media. So. You well, guys that is great. And when you're back for that, please send the invite my way. <laughs> I, will. I will. All right. Well, uh, Eileen, welcome to the show. Why don't you uh, tell us all a little bit about you and, uh, and what you're up to at ADP? Sure, thanks. So I've been with ADP for a little over 10 years. I started here as a relationship manager with our comprehensive services group, and then I moved over to professional services in 2014. So I'm a senior HCM consultant, and I help our clients with key compliance areas, ACA, FLSA, things like that. And then I also help them to execute on their HCM strategy and optimize and roll out their solutions. So that could include helping them with process mapping, documentation, customized training for their employees and managers and practitioners. Um, So I definitely do a lot of training, as uh, you were talking about for the, the show topic today. Um, I live in North Carolina now with my husband and, like you, twin teenagers. <laughs> so I think you have a boy and a girl. I have uh, two boys, but they're both uh, freshmen in high school now, so we've got that in common. Now, you probably don't hear much of an accent, even though I'm from North Carolina, and that's because I'm originally from Maryland, so my sports loyalties are definitely there with the Ravens and the Maryland Terrapins and that sort of thing. So. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. Now, see, I have not... I sadly have not been um, to North Carolina, so maybe I need to rectify that at some point. We'll do our future. I I think what we really have to rectify is the fact that you guys sound like you might be Cleveland Brown fans, and that's not working. That is not working. (laughs) I was trying to be nice, Eileen. Come on. (laughs) You're going to have to fight it out later. I'll have to tell you, too. The Rams are gone, so... I, I'm I'm open. You could you could. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'm invincible. All right. Anyway, well, listen. Thank you both for coming on because what I really was hoping for is is I needed you know on a topic like this, it's really important for all of us who who've been practitioners or are practitioners who are listening to really you know, think about ways that they can make sure that the, you know, the money and the time investment that they're putting into technologies they're buying, that it really does pay off, right? And I think a lot of that, I'll tell you, I've struggled with getting my leaders to participate in training of various things over the years. So I think that the insights that you're going to share today are going to be really helpful um, to all of us and sort of guiding us through maybe some of those, some of those pitfalls that come along. But um, it's interesting. I recently uh, had recorded an episode um, 
about myths and, and things that go around um, implementing HR technologies. And, you know, one of the myths I think that I hear the most when I'm out at different conferences and events is that, you know, people believe not that training isn't important, but it may not be highly important, right? Um, they think that maybe having a solution that's intuitive um, means that training isn't required. But I kind of find that the opposite is true. So the tendency for employees or leaders to use technology actually increases if they've received some amount of training. Um, I don't know. I, Tracy, can you maybe talk a little bit about, you know, you're working in professional services. You're obviously working with a lot of your customers to make sure that they're successful. How important is training and does it really lead to higher user adoption or am I just sort of, you know, thinking that it does? No, I think you're spot on. And, you know, you, you have to appreciate technology and what it can present is making it ease of use, but that gets you nearly there, right? Um, training is absolutely critical, and I think it's important at all user levels. Um, you know, when you make the investment of a solution, you're really looking at the big picture, and it looks pretty, and you now need to make this all real. And I've seen firsthand, and especially in my role with professional services, I get to do a lot of that training, not only for HR professionals, our practitioners, um, I actually do that on an employee and manager level as well. Now, just to give you some insight, um, the, the program that I, the Advantage program, and I really am very close to that because I get to contribute for our folks going through implementation, is that, you know, I provide that in-person training for our practitioners, which really we're using their live database and we're capturing information, their current processes to truly understand, you know, what are they doing today? How do we align that with the solution? And it's very interesting because you see the aha moments. You actually see things connect using live database, using real data, and really it then opens the door to say, I didn't realize we could do this, or this would be great to do X, Y, and Z. So really going through that training, whether it's payroll processing, uh, it could be just hiring a new employee, or even building up, which is so critical. Security is so critical. These are things we walk through, and we help really peel back the layers to understand, you know, what are those best needs and how to set them up. And some can be very complex. And, you know, the great news is our ADP solution can provide for that. And I, I touched on, you know, the employee and manager training. It's tailored training. And so when I say that, it's customized based on that specific setup. So we've had that opportunity to work with our practitioners to really identify what's important. And then, you know, the result is you want now everyone to use and adapt. And so providing that custom tailored training for employees and managers really gives them visibility to see what they can do. What information do they have to access? How do they walk through certain tasks like clocking in and out? You know, those are all critical to making sure the end result, payroll, they want to get their pay. So these are all important elements. And just to depend on go out and learn, figure out the system, or hopefully the system's easy to use, there are going to be gaps, there are going to be mistakes, and that, you know, invest that, that causes issues with time and delivery. So I truly am wholeheartedly behind. And of course, being that I deliver this, I see those real results. 
And so I'm truly a believer that training is critical, understanding how to use the technology. It increases that rate of user adoption. And to be honest, they're excited about it. I just delivered an employee manager training yesterday, and it was so exciting to see how engaged the employees and managers were asking great questions and just really eager to get in and learn. So I am a supporter of training 100%. See, and that's good. You hit on so many good things. That's interesting. I think one of the things that I keyed in on is you were talking about realizing that people are saying, I didn't realize that I could do that with this technology, right? So that's one of those, one of those moments where, you know, once you get someone seated and they're going through the training, they are seeing those benefits pretty quickly. Um, you know, Eileen, I wonder if you could maybe talk a little bit about the, what about for some of those leaders out there where, regardless of what vendor they're working with, like, what if they're struggling maybe to get people convinced to come to the training? Do you have that happen very often where you're really kind of talking about, here's, you know, here's how we actually get your people to the table? Because, you know, Tracy mentioned that training is really important for people at all levels. How, how, do you, how have you addressed that maybe in your career with some of the customers you've worked with? Well, and there there were a couple things that I was thinking of when you were even asking that question. So I'm going to actually take a step back even to the practitioners, because okay. sometimes we see in implementation that it's hard to get the practitioners to the table for training. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it's something that, you know, whether you're implementing ADP or you're implementing other types of solutions, you know, there's always a training package that comes with that, right? Mm-hmm. So there's always, you know, here's here's our curriculum that you need to go through as you implement these various products. And what we're finding is either those practitioners just don't have the time because maybe they're a, you know, a one-person show and they're trying to implement the solution and all the work that goes into that. So then setting aside time while you're also doing your day-to-day responsibilities, it's really hard to find that time to, to go through that formalized training. So sometimes they're not doing it there. But then also, I think it's, it's like drinking out of the fire hose. So you're implementing this product and you're learning all of these different parts and solutions um, and pieces of it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now I have to actually do this. And I just took 40 hours of training and it's just like a big cloud of what what was that that I learned? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So I think that's one of the things that I, or one of the points I would make is let's first make sure that practitioners have some opportunities maybe to revisit training as they continue to utilize the product more and more. Um, and so kind of getting them to the table and realizing the importance of them taking the training. Um, but then in terms of the employees and managers, as you were asking about that and, and kind of getting their buy-in, I think it's a typical kind of thing that you would say in HR is it's the what's in it for me. So I was just having this conversation with a client today, and we were talking about reintroducing a a training topic to their managers for utilizing features that have been there. They've been in their system, but they're still printing out pieces of paper and and signing off on things instead of utilizing the capabilities of the system. Mm -hmm. And so what we talked about was how can we position it as a what's in it for you? So how is this training, if you come and you attend this training, how is it going to save you time in your day? How is it going to give you, you know, a new tool that you haven't seen before but is going to make it much easier to manage your workforce? How is it going to give you answers at your fingertips that you might not have today because you're having to rifle through a, a file to find that information or that answer? And so that's one of the ways that we're trying to to get their buy-in at the front end is 
just by showing them how it's going to help them. So, oh my gosh, I'm like making so many notes. So one of the things you, you hit on right away, I don't know that I've ever really thought about needing to make sure that the practitioners were on board with the training, right? Because I'm thinking only from my own perspective, but you're right. You really do have to make sure that they understand the value as well. And and the point about sort of retraining on features, I think that's also really important too, because how about, how about when you start a new job and you're sort of inheriting maybe solutions that you're not even sure what they do, right? Or you've just forgotten, or you've never um, used that particular feature or functionality in the past, and you just forgot that you even have it. I think that's very common. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's what we try to do with, you know, the different offerings we do in professional services, whether it's the Advantage program or another offering we have called HR Excellence. What we're trying to do is really customize the training for these practitioners, because with any kind of curriculum, of course, it's going to be very generic. It's right. going to be, you know, here are the step-by-step things that you go through to hire somebody. Here are the step-by-step processes you go through to terminate somebody. But that might, might not be how that client needs to go through that process or how that um, you know, experience is going to be exactly for them in their database. And so I think that piece of customizing it for the practitioners, that's what you can do in the retraining. So if you go generic with the first part, but then you come mm-hmm. back with the retraining and you go more customized, I think that's where then it resonates with them better. And it, it, things start to click. Right. No, I think that's a really good, that's a really good tip too. If you're, you know, if you haven't gone through maybe this whole selection implementation process, it's, it's sort of knowing that it's okay to do it in phases like that, where it is, you know, going from the more generic for everyone and then really focusing on a more customized training approach for, you know, maybe certain groups or certain, you know, retraining, like you mentioned. So um, all, all makes sense. Now, Tracy, one of the things I think, you know, we're kind of talking about is like sort of, uh, you mentioned maybe people at different levels or different, you know, roles within a, an organization getting trained. Like, do you have any recommendations around like what type of formats tend to work? I, I'm going way back here, but I remember you know working on my master's in HR and one of the classes was on adult learning principles. And, you know, it kind of a high level touched on the fact that adults well, I guess kids too, right? Everybody learns in very different ways. So can you talk a little bit maybe around, you know, the the types or ways that training can be delivered, whether it's, you know, through ADP's Advantage program or just, you know, whatever um, sort of implementation and training you're going through? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, as you mentioned, you know, everyone really does learn differently. So being flexible on how you deliver training um, really does make a difference. And depending on your workforce, I mean, it could also be very diverse where you have, you know, people all over and you can't really bring them all together for on-site or virtual training. They just can't do that instructor-led training, which mm-hmm. may be a very good impact, but it's not always feasible. So, you know, I think that first and foremost, I think it's understanding what the solution has to offer. And there's a lot of resources built right within the system. And the degrees of training, I think, vary based on the user. Once again, you know, if I'm an employee and I just need to know how to clock in or get my pay statement, you know, part of the ADP solutions, we have built-in learning solutions. We have help, which is more of that kind of textbook tutorial. So I may learn and, and process that a little easier, and that might just be the support I need. But we also have things like Learning Bites, which are small video clips, one to two minute audio video tutorials on how to complete certain tasks. So understanding that people learn differently or need that support a bit 
you know, delivered differently. Uh, we do provide those types of solutions. And I think it also leads to kind of going to that top layer is understanding exactly what the capabilities of the system are. So if we're trying to get better adoption rates, uh, engage our employees, I think there are great resources that are available within the solution so that you can put resources in front of your employees. So while they may not be reading or clicking on a button to actually learn how to, if they're customizing their portal to actually put that content in front of their employees right when they log in, well, now you've got somebody eager to learn, come in and, ooh, I can get that here. So I think, you know, the different formats, uh, depending on the user, and being able to customize that so that they're getting the best experience um, is really going to be the way. But I think you just need to make it visible. It's just awareness of where they can get those resources and, and get the answers they need when they need them. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think having having understanding of what the resources even are, that's maybe where a lot of different um, organizations fall down. They just don't know what they what they have access to. So that's absolutely a big hurdle to get over. Um, well, you know, with that in mind, too, I think that um, one of the things that I found um, in talking with, with you all before about um, ADP's Advantage program is that you actually have what's, uh, what's called a utilization scorecard. Um, Eileen, can you maybe talk a little bit about, you know, how a utilization scorecard can really help customers have implementation success and how, do, how does that differ maybe from, because I think what you all are doing is maybe a little bit different than what the way some other vendors are approaching this um, in the pro, from a program perspective. Can you maybe talk a little bit about that and, and how that scorecard really helps them be successful? Sure. So, you know, as you probably know, Trish, one of the major issues with technology is underutilization. Right. Mm -hmm. is, you know, even if it's your smartphone, <laughs> you know, your home computer, whatever, you know, we purchase technology and then we use 20 percent of it, 30 percent of it, you know, that kind of thing. So that's certainly true with respect to any HCM solution um, because they're big and they're broad and they do a lot of things. And um, typically with a lot of HCM solutions, when they're brought online, the focus is payroll because that's the urgent need. We need to get our people paid. And then it's only when the dust settles from all of that that folks might start looking at other things. Well, what else can we do in here? And then you start to get into the 30 and the 40% range, but you're still not at that 50, 60, 70, 80% of, of utilization. So the idea behind the scorecard is to identify both the areas of strength as well as the areas of opportunities that clients have within the ADP technology. And the focus is on what they've already purchased. We're not interested in showing them what they haven't purchased yet. Um, so we want them to know what they have and what areas they're using well and what areas they could use better. So it is a little bit of a qualitative review uh, where we're going in and we're seeing what all of the different components of their solution are and all of the features that are available within those components and then what again are they leveraging and what are they not leveraging. And we, we pair that up with some metrics as well, um, things like employee registration rates, you know, how many people have registered for your portal, what's been that adoption in terms of how often are they logging in. 
Uh, we look at self-service utilization, how many events are coming through the portal in terms of um, you know, direct deposit changes, address changes, things like that. Um, what about the mobile app and the adoption of that? How many users have registered for that? We look at time and attendance metrics. So there's definitely a, a number of different metrics that we, we pull into this. Um, but I think a lot of value comes also from that qualitative review. So it's understanding, again, all of the features and then presenting to them an executive summary of those findings with recommendations as to how they can move forward with that optimization. And this is something we do in our Advantage program within the first 90 days of them coming online. But we also do this in our HR Excellence offering. Sometimes these are clients that have been with us for years. Mm -hmm. um, and they just now are starting to explore this idea of, not utilizing a system that they've had maybe for years. And so either way, um, it's something that's going to help them to recognize what they have available to them that they may or may not be tapping into. You know, I'm sitting here nodding my head and thinking, well, I could have really used this years ago. You know what I mean? Because I think that, well, part of the problem is that, um, and as I've talked to different HR professionals, you know, that have been friends of mine over the years, it's sort of like, Whenever you're tasked with kind of recommending a solution, um, there's, you know, there's a little bit of career risk to doing that, right? You want to make sure that what you're buying is actually going to be used, that it's truly going to, you know, sort of deliver whatever it is, whether that's a payroll system or, you know, performance or recruiting, it doesn't matter, but just any of those systems, right? And I think that if I just even draw on my own experiences there, what you're talking about is kind of the piece I never had. I never had the ability to kind of close that loop in, in such a way to show and demonstrate, you know, with really hard numbers right away, like 90 days. If I could have gone back to my CEO or CFO and said, Hey, look, here's how it's either working or not working. Right. Um, that would have made a big difference. And that, that might've having that might've, I would say might have, it would have made me more confident, I think, in um, in feeling comfortable recommending a particular solution. Because at the time, when something like that wasn't being pursued or didn't exist, um, it was really hard. It was really hard to convince uh, the C-suite to sometimes buy different solutions that I knew, I guess I just sort of, I'm, I'm like new in air quotes, right? I knew it would work, but I just had no way to back that up. It feels like this is kind of that sort of immediate accountability, right? 90 days is a pretty short amount of time in the world of, you know, using technology, right? Yeah. Um, well, well, and I think it's identifying the training. I mean, it goes back to the topic of this show overall. Right. You know, if you're coming in 90 days later and you see that you've got, you know, a 20% adoption rate on your self-service, well, then obviously maybe the training you originally did wasn't effective. So it's definitely time to, to come back and revisit that or position it a different way or introduce some kind of gaming concept or something like that to try to drive greater utilization from the employees. But yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're getting in that right away and starting to already identify where your gaps are in adoption, it just allows you to pivot and then you know, reintroduce topics as you need to. And now you have the data to back it up. Right. Well, I feel like, too, that what you're describing is more of a partnership then between the buyer and the vendor, right? Because I think sometimes, uh, you know, you don't have that. You don't have that sort of relationship. And so sometimes there have been technologies I've bought and and that's it, right? You, you, I mean, I might have an account person, but then 
I always felt like, well, I didn't want to bother them. Or, you know, it sounds like this is more of like, oh, we're, we're here to partner with you. Like, we're going to provide you this data and then we're going to come back and sort of reassess and help you understand, okay, here's how I can be more effective if I, you know, if I have this information, maybe that buyers didn't have five, 10 years ago. Right. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's what we're trying to do with the program is to, to make sure that we're connecting with them from the beginning, but even through that adoption, that initial adoption phase. Right. So, yeah. And if the adoption's not there, we can also, you know, further help them with our professional services offerings with more more optimization. So if there's other areas that they feel like they haven't optimized, that if they did, then they might get greater adoption, we can help them with that. Yeah, I think that's something that, that more people need to be aware of, for sure. So, well, Tracy, can I maybe, uh, we're, you know, we're kind of drawing to a, a close here um, for the episode, but can can we maybe circle back? I mean, I know at the beginning you gave us a little bit of kind of some of the components of ADP's Advantage program, which is, um, you know, a newer program with you all. Can you maybe just give a little bit more um, high level, you know, description of, of what the listeners might benefit from knowing about the ADP Advantage program and what what it is that's different Maybe maybe then even within something they've done with ADP in the past, if they're ADP customers. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm so excited about the Advantage program. And again, being a part of it and a contributor, it makes it all the more successful and accomplished. But um, we work with, of course, our, our clients that are going through implementation. The Advantage program is that offering that has several components. So. You know, just to start off, and I think this is such a big win, is just being able to migrate seven years of historical data. So you're not starting from point A and going forward. You're bringing data along with you. So seven years of historical data, things like pay rate and salary, position, check history, even those ACA historical hours. So you're bringing that data along. Seven years. Pretty impressive. Uh, we talked about training, but I'm going to talk about it again. That's our topic, right? Um, so we deliver that in-person practitioner training. Uh, you know, we focus on things like that payroll administration, those processes, the workflows really align to, again, uh, the client's processes, their current processes, and ensuring that they're really filling the value and, and making the most out of the solution. Because, you know, they bought us for a reason, and that was just, you know, from the beginning, they see all these things, and it looks great now they really want to make it their own. Everyone has different goals and aspirations that they want to accomplish. So by starting with that training, we're really delivering on how to make that happen, make it a reality. Right. And then getting that buy-in from, you know, your users, your employees and managers. We create and provide and deliver that that tailored, customized training for those employees and managers. Those are virtual sessions that we deliver. And, you know, we don't leave them in the dust there. We provide system customization. So we really are looking, you know, even from a consultative kind of point of view, um, you know, best ways of really making the most for customizing that portal, making the most of those resources, making it easy to use, uh, building up things like, you know, the company policies, rolling that out, no more paper, let's get that to be, you know, available for your employees and as practitioners have the right tools to actually report and track that information. Security profiles, of course, those manager and employee self-service tools, and really even customizing that whole onboarding, new hire and onboarding process. So we really devote time, customize uh, time to deliver on that optimized solution. 
and we don't stop there. You know, it sounds like, you know, it's great in the beginning and then you left me. Well, that's not the case. We have ongoing support, which really, uh, there's a few components. One, which I think is awesome, it's, you know, one-to-one -one time with an HR consultant from our Hackett group, and, you know, they provide that individualized consultation, uh, provides additional resources to things like benchmarking data, and even some HCM best practices, proven practices. So I think that that's a very helpful and added benefit and layer. Um, from there, I know you'd mentioned account manager. Yes, there will be a dedicated account manager who's going to be there to continue down that path of, you know, setting up the system, answering questions, maybe troubleshooting any issues, but just providing that support to identify the best ways to configure their system and, you know, all the many capabilities. We can, it's technology. We continue to evolve and enhance the solution. So we want to be right there with them. And, and people as I to call or talk to that person, right? I mean, I've had ones where I felt guilty for calling them, but people should call no. them. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> Listen, you talked about partnership, and I think if you if you have that mindset and you build those relationships, and we're doing that from the very beginning, and while there may be a lot of moving pieces and different people that are assisting with that buildup, it is a partnership. And we, you know, really want you to feel comfortable. We want you to, you know, know that when you contact your account manager, you're getting that. They know you. That's your dedicated go-to, and they're going to be able to pick up instead of saying, well, tell me about your setup. No, we've got that. We understand that. That's a part of that relationship and support that you definitely deserve a need. Um, and I know you mentioned, you know, Eileen talked about the utilization scorecard, and we're really coming in from the very beginning. Well, again, implementation is just a big task, and there's a lot of things going on, and your focus is, let me get payroll done, let me get these folks hired, let's get benefits rolled out. All of that is great and very, very important, but we don't want to lose focus on what you said was important. So you, providing that utilization scorecard really allows us to take a step back and say, you know, here we are, you know, about 60 days maybe after you go live, and we're saying, let's Go back and revisit what were your executive priorities? How are, you know, we doing as far as self-service utilization? And, you know, what's going well? Those strengths, as Eileen mentioned. And where are those opportunities or considerations to really increase the utilization? Once again, you know, this decision to choose ADP, we want you to feel the value. We want you to take advantage of everything that it has to offer and really align that with, you know, what's important, what are your strategic goals, and really accomplish that. Thank you so much for, for just really describing that, because again, I think that it's important for people to understand what's different about that maybe from, you know, what they've done in the past. I can't thank you both enough for coming on the show. I feel like it, Gosh, even for me, I've written down seriously a whole page of notes myself on some of these tips and tricks and, you know, what to be thinking about. And so I'm hoping that the listeners, you know, feel the same way as they've gone through the show. But I'm going to be sharing, obviously, um, you know, all of the ADP Advantage resources, um, additional information will be in the show notes. But for the two of you, where can people connect to you, Tracy, if they have questions? What's the best way to reach you? Well, definitely you can reach me by email. It's always on. <laughs> um, so you can reach me. It is Tracy, T-R-A-C-I dot Zablocki, Z-A-B-L-O-C-K-I at ADP.com. I'm also on LinkedIn if you prefer to reach me that way. Perfect. And Eileen, how about you? Where can people find you? 
Probably the same ways, so just not the same email address. <laughs> so it's Eileen, uh, E-I-L-E-E-N dot E-K-E-Y at ADP.com, and I'm on uh, LinkedIn and I'm on Twitter as well. Wonderful. Well, thank you both again. I really appreciate your time today. I think that everyone is going to, like I said, walk away with learning something from today's episode. So thank you to all the listeners. Please remember to subscribe to the HR Happy Hour wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check out our show notes for more information about ADP and ADP Advantage. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour show. Your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.